veritas, Harvard's Latin word on their mono, it's their, their moniker, their, their motto, means truth. If you go to Harvard, though, and talk, as you go through the walls of Harvard or any other school, you don't have to go to an Ivy League school to get this. You can go to Saddleback College and get this. They will say this. You want to get into our classroom and talk about religion? Wow, that's great. That can be truth, but it's truth for you. But don't claim that it's really objectively true, that it exists beyond you. It exists in your mind. And our culture today is constantly trying to push your religion into the corner, and you can have it in your mind. And they used to say you could have it in your church, which today they're starting to say you can't even do that anymore. But certainly don't bring it outside of that and insist to anybody else that it's objectively true. Real truth, they would say, is objective and it's true whether you believe those truths or not. And we teach that in mathematics. We teach that in science. We teach that in geology. They say that's true, but it's true in a different way than when you start talking about religious truth. That's subjective. It's true if it's true for you and you want to believe it. That's a very important distinction. I illustrate that all the time with pizza. This is Chicago pizza. This is New York pizza. Okay? Here's my true affirmation of my preference. This is way better. It's the best pizza. I'd rather have Chicago pizza because it is the best. Now you say that and you're saying what Mike Fabares has just done is he has made an affirmation of his preference. Is it true that Chicago pizza is the best? I'll bet some people here would say no. And you say, well, Mike, it's best for you. It's true. That's a true statement for you that it's the best. And that's why we should be very, very careful even when we talk about preferences to make clear we're talking about preferences. I'm not saying Christianity is true because it's my preference over Buddhism or Islam or Hinduism. I'm saying it's true as in it's true and it asserts things that the other religions don't assert and that means one is right and one is wrong. If Christianity says Jesus rose from the dead and Judaism says Jesus did not rise from the dead, he's still dead, and Islam says not only is he not, did he not rise from the dead, he was never even crucified, you've got three different stories about one person, about one weekend back in 33 AD, and they all cannot be right. And yet go to Harvard, go to UC Irvine, go anywhere and talk to people in your office about truth, and they're going to say, well, that's true for Jews, what they say about Jesus, that's true for Muslims, what they say about Jesus, and it's true for you, what you say about Jesus, but don't go around trying to shove your truth down my throat, because here's the thing, you can say, this is true objectively if we're talking about math and science, but you can't say that about religion. Well, we're not talking about philosophy or theology. We're talking about the fact that someone died and rose from the dead. That's a historical assertion. And it was sad, and he saw it coming, but Francis Schaeffer said, he died back in the mid-80s, 84, he used to, and coined the phrase, true truth. He put an adjective in front of truth to remind us that when we're talking about Christianity, we're talking about something that is true objectively. That you cannot say simply because it's in the realm of something we call religion or faith that somehow that has no objectivity to it. The assertion and truth claim of Christianity we are claiming is true truth. And that's why we need apologetics to try and reasonably defend our assertions about this is what happened and this is what those things mean. True truth. That's what we've always meant. Unfortunately, we have to qualify it now. I hate to quote this terrible book, but this is where people live. I've shared the gospel so many times, and this is the stuff I get back consistently now. From page 342 of the book, this is Landon, Professor Landon, who's, you know, pontificating throughout the book. 
which is Dan Brown's philosophy and theology. He believes all this. He sticks these words in the mouth of Landon. He says, or Langdon rather. He says, the Bible represents a fundamental guidepost for millions of people on the planet. In much the same way, the Quran, the Torah, the Pali Canon offer guidance to people in other religions, right? If you could, he says, if you and I could dig up documentation that contradicted the holy stories of Islamic belief, Judaic belief, Buddhist belief, pagan belief, or Christian belief, should we do that? I mean, really? I mean, why would we mess with someone's religion? Should we wave a flag and tell Buddhists that we have proof that Buddha did not come from a lotus blossom? Should we wave a flag around and, and say that Jesus was not born of a literal a virgin birth? For those who truly understand their faiths, they understand the stories are metaphorical, all of them. In other words, every truth claim that is made by Buddhists, by Hindus, by Zoroastrians, by Muslims, by Christians, they're just stories. And today you can see where everyone's fine with that. Christianity is your place to get your stories to live by. But don't say that they're objectively true. We're not ready to do any apologetics until we start with the fact that truth claims in Scripture are demanding that they're asserted as true truths. I, one passage. We'll get many others throughout this series. But 1 Corinthians 15, 14 through 19. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, a physical bodily resurrection that our message is useless. You should throw it out. There's no need for it anymore. He says, he goes on to say, and we're liars. We've misrepresented Christ. We've said he rose from the dead when he didn't rise from the dead. I mean, he's talking now to people that are trying to say, well, we can believe in religion and Christianity. We can even believe in the resurrected life. We just don't believe in a physical, literal, resurrected Christ. He says our faith, our trust, our confidence in Christ. It's futile then. It's for nothing. You can throw away Christianity. And we're unforgiven. No one's gotten their sins forgiven because we're really making assertions, truth claims, about what the death of Christ actually accomplished. And all the dead Christians that you know, lost forever, never going to see him again. Nothing will happen. There'll be no reality beyond the grave because that's what the truth claims of Christianity are. I mean, this is the either or option you have in the New Testament. We are not, we do not have time for metaphorical stories. We don't have time for philosophies to live by. These are either true or they're false. And if they're not true, he says, let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And that's not a bad philosophy if none of this is true. I'd like to satisfy every fleshly desire I have and then live it up in tomorrow. Whenever that tomorrow is for me, it's over. Right? And don't tell me you don't have those thoughts sometimes. Right? If none of this matters, if Christianity is not true, if there's no God if Christianity is not the mechanism by which you can secure favor after you die, knowing that you're a fallen short person, even in the non-Christian world, they say that we're not perfect. No one comes to be perfect. Well, then what are we doing? Get away with as much as you can, do whatever you want, and in the end, it's all over. It doesn't matter. That's not what Christianity claims. Understand the battle. Now, let's engage in apologetics. Think We're going to think about it Engaging. We're not going to do it right now. We're going to engage in, I want to give you some principles about engaging in apologetics. Letter A, back to our passage on the screen. First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. You should honor Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason. Okay? What are we supposed to do with the gospel? 
Go preach it to every creature, to use the old translation, right? Go everywhere. Be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Do you ever see this in Scripture? You may see this from church people. Hey, if anyone asks about Jesus, tell them about Jesus. No. You see this here, though. Make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, right? In other words, there is someone now countering what you've said, the hope that's in you. I just want to make this clear. Defending truth claims is not the gospel. These are two different things. When I share the gospel with someone, that's a message I'm supposed to share with everyone. Now, when they come back and say, here's why I don't think that's reasonable. Here's why I don't think that's true. Here's why I don't believe it is true truth. Now I've got a job. Now I've got to respond. These are two separate things. Which, by the way, even if I were to give an adequate, persuasive, convincing response to whether it be the existence of God, the deity of Christ, the reality of the resurrection, even if I were to convince them, then I've got them in the demon category, at least, when they are affirming facts. Like, obviously, that passage is about the nature of God. There's a, there's a God. It doesn't help them. I mean, it may help them, but it doesn't get them, it does not get them saved. It does not change their status before God. So, apologetics is not gospel engagement. It's related. It's not the same. Very simply, letter B, for the hope that's in you. They've seen the hope. They've heard the hope. It assumes you've shared the gospel, which again is something you are supposed to do regardless. We're supposed to do this with everyone around us. We have a sphere of influence. We ought to share the gospel. You're to testify to the truth of the hope that you have. You're supposed to tell people about the hope, right? The point of this is it vindicates the hope. It defends the hope. It gives a reason for the hope. It gives some people a sense that you're not crazy, that this is something that is rational and reasonable. 